Big show ahead on a Friday. Ed, Tyler, Jared, Lindsey running the show. We're all here. So you yeah. butt-dialed somebody that you don't know. What? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is just bad. It's bad. You know when you wake up in the morning? Well, you said you don't do it. So. Feeling like P. Diddy. Well, how, wait, you butt-dialed somebody while you were asleep? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, I must have pushed the dial before I actually fell asleep, but someone named Ryan, I apologize if you're listening out there because I have no idea what this is. <laughs> so Ryan Wallace just was uh, It like, wasn't Ryan Wallace. Why is just it heavy breathing. Me? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. I have, no, I, long, I have no idea how long I stayed on the line. Just <laughs> like a 10-minute voicemail. Could, that could have been very strange if there was a lot of heavy breathing as I fell asleep. <laughs> yeah, just, you just Fine, literally you're talking let in your Ryan sleep. Wallace the most creepy <laughs> yes. voicemail. Exactly. You exactly. Next week on the show, I don't know if I want to come on with that guy. <sighs> Tyler, just you, I'll come on with you, but not with that guy. So at first I was wondering how you have somebody's phone number that you don't actually know who they are. And then I just started looking through my contacts and I got four names in, don't know who this guy is. And then I have three different Andreas in my phone and I couldn't tell you who any of them are. Okay, so I feel better about Are it. Are sure they're uh, Andrea, not Andrea? Like, or whatever. What? They just, could yeah, be Andrea. Inflection matters that's here. That's I don't the, know. That's, the, that's your point I'm just making a point that's necessary. <laughs> not the fact that our engaged guy is just like, that's, I, I, that's I, true. I, I know oh, a bunch that's a of good Andreas. Point. Yeah, that's a good point. You've got three of them. Don't know who those people are. I, I'm just looking through this. I got like... Apparently Tyler's a player. I got, <laughs> I got three different Brads in here. Do you do last names? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you and have I don't, to. I don't know. Oh, I, I think I vaguely remember this guy. I got three different Brads, and I maybe oh, remember one of them. too many Brads. That, that could, I, I text you guys a lot about like segments that you don't want to do. We should do a segment <laughs> called Let's Dial Someone From Your Phone Is that even allowed? Guest. Aren't people, like, we have to give them a heads up that they're on the radio, though. Yeah, we're going to, no, you would so, be the one dialing them. But then you can't really them. cold call them. Be like, what up? No, What's I mean, new? it'd be weird if I cold called this guy that I just butt dialed right you, now and said, I'm very sorry. Like, <laughs> no, what, what, what we would do is we would have, we'd have Lindsay call them and oh, we would God. go, hey, uh, Ed Graney would like to talk to you. Uh, you're, we're going to put you on hold for about 30 <laughs> seconds. We're about to come back from break. <laughs> Oh my God, I have like seven Daves or David in my phone. Dave! Dave. I think I recognize all of them, though. Dave Shane? I do have Dave Shane's number. Okay. Dave yes. Shane right. is. We have Dave Shane. I have Dave who works in the building, too. Okay. So I recognize those two. And then everybody else, like I went to Wait, high school. Wait, you with. have Dave in here? At, you have Dave who works in the building by his actual name? Yeah, of course. We should have battles. Like, we have a Dave day where we all gather the Daves that we have and be like, we'll describe them. We'll see who oh has the best God, group we of Daves. Play, these are the Daves I know I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's a reference. Don't feel bad about not ha- about having somebody's number you don't know. But feel but, bad. But about, maybe feel bad that you butt out in the middle of the night. That's yeah. a little strange. I don't know. What, I don't know what you're doing. Of all the you scrolls, it could have landed oh, on. All right, Danny, Danny, Danny just chimed in with, I have. I have eight Johns in his phone. Eight oh. Johns. Well, hold, oh. hold on, Danny. Oh. Uh-oh. Speaking Uh-oh. of players. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Danny's Come just on, like, Danny. Hey, hold Don on, let Juan me get your number. There. But is Danny real, across the way this morning? But the real question yeah. is, does he, does he know <laughs> all the Johns? Because if you know everybody, that's fine. I'm sure he'll, yeah. I'm sure he'll text in. Or you're like, these people on that the, I enter on, on my Finley phone that are important. And then, like, six years later, you're like, I have no idea who this person is. Yeah, there's a lot of those. Yeah. All right. The first bite. <laughs> the press box transition. 
Can Logan Thompson be a top 10 goalie in the NHL? Win the Vesna. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, both, yes. Both, both. Yes. Just like Carey Price, but younger. He also played the Blackhawks last night. That's okay. true, but talk, hot take, he's 2-0. Oh. Jonathan Taves looks uh, resurgent, okay? Does he? That's what Mark Lazarus says. I don't necessarily so, agree. He, hit, he gets a shutout last night, obviously, right. but if you go back to last year when he played just over 1,000 minutes, which is, again, it's somewhat of a sample, size, sample size, but it's not massive. Right. Mm-hmm. If you took all the goalies in the league last year that played over 1,000 minutes, Logan Thompson had the 20th best save percentage, and he was 21st in goal saved above average on a per-game basis. Okay. So that's obviously not top 10 in the league, but it's roughly top <laughs> 20 in the league. Right now, he is top five in save percentage and goal saved above average, but, you know, they've played this a whopping This is a small sample size. Very small. So... He's been great. There's a level of what we've seen from Logan Thompson is roughly 20 games in the NHL. And we haven't seen bad Logan Thompson yet. Right. Right. Like was really bad. Was game one like bad Logan Thompson? No, I don't know. Bruce Cassie said none of those goals were his fault. Right. And so if that's if that's bad Logan Thompson, Logan Thompson's really good. Right. Like <laughs> we just yeah exactly like it's like again it's not a big sample size if he ends up playing fifty games this year where he's gonna have a handful of games where he's just bad but if if what we saw in game one is sort of like the floor for Logan Thompson yeah or like the, gonna be a top the preseason Kings game where he got lit up a little bit because yeah, once yeah. he gets he gets lost in space once while when you get untethered that's just when you're like oversliding because your team is spread out or, or just not playing well defensively. But he was so good in the first period. Last night, that first period, the team in front of him was absolute garbage. Nobody knew what was going on. There were so many random odd man rushes. So to give you stats, uh, first period last night, yeah. Chicago had six high danger chances. Correct. They had three total over the second and third periods. Yep. Uh, Chicago's expected goals was 1.93 last night. 1.1 of those came in the first period. And it wasn't just big saves. It was big saves with physical contact. They were driving to the net. There were they two on ones. Yeah, exactly. Oh, in the, in the, what yeah. was it? The second or third period. I'm like, can we get a, and it was the goalie interference call. It was, it was and I was just like, let's just run this guy through. I thought yeah. it was hurt. I was like, oh, oh my God. I, oh, yeah. oh my God. Here comes Aiden Hill. Oh yeah. Oh, I was like, uh-oh. could you imagine? But it, like just seeing that, because it's easy to kind of be confident and then say you may you make a big save and some guys will back up a little bit because like oh you know I'm, I'm settling in but he was out at the top of his crease he was attacking the puck and even going through stretches where he wasn't seeing a lot of rubber he was still able to stay focused and that's a lot more indicative of somebody who's on than making a, a good save or a hygienic save I would like to say hygienic plenty hygienic. of that last night as well not a lot of rebounds dropping down How? now you said yesterday if he's top 15 and the other the other people pick up the slack, then they they're winning could the division. Win the division. Yes, if he's a top fifteen goalie in the league, they're winning the division. All right, because uh, as long as everybody's as long as everybody's you're probably right. Right. I mean, if if Mark Stone like his back locks up in December, and he's just like not Mark Stone anymore, some issues. Really good looks. They last just night. need to be in a playoff spot by Hanukkah. And that is our official show line of demarcation. Well, then they'll be in the playoffs. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna right. be in the playoffs, and it'll be fun. But I'm saying they're gonna win the West or win the Pacific if if he's a top fifteen goalie, and uh, they don't have everybody. Yeah, but he's low. I know. He's I watched Jack Campbell play right. some damn good hockey in a comeback win for the Oilers over the Vancouver Canucks. They were down three nothing, and then he shut the door. You he's know what's athletic better? too, but in a weirder way. You know what's better than coming back from down three nothing to win five three? Not going down three nothing. Also true, but it's not always his fault. Uh, before the game yesterday, Bruce Cassidy uh, talked about goaltending, and he said, 
We've got October figured out, so that's 10 games. We could go off script. We haven't yet, and we're two games in. We'll see where it goes from there. Some of that is Brassois, too, because he becomes in the mix as well. Ugh. It could be either positive or negative that has us go off script. We want to stay consistent so the goalies know we aren't going to get too high or too low. There might be a game where a guy goes in and plays very well, and the next game we go with the next guy that's so he can keep working weird. on his game. I don't want to do the opposite, where if someone has a bad night, we're punishing him. They should have a longer leash than that. So... Bruce Cassidy basically said, we've got October mapped out for which goal he's going to play in which game, but we could go off script. So basically, we've got a plan, but we could break the plan if we need to. Should they go off script with the guy who's 2-0 and and just had a shutout? So that, to me, is the interesting part because, again, we haven't truly seen, like, bad Logan Thompson. Right. And it's not a ton of games, but it's still, we're getting to a point where, what, we get to 30 career games, 40 career games, where we're like, oh, wow, this guy's still really good. That's the part I'm interested in is like Bruce Cassidy came on yesterday. So we asked him about Logan Thompson's workload and he said he hopes that Logan Thompson can play 60% of the 64, games. 64. Well, and 40 other people because Bersuara will be involved right, there. Right. So if Thompson were to play 60% of the games, that's 49, 50 games out of an 82 game schedule. Right. So that's just over half of the games. Right. I'm curious if Thompson is, is going to keep up what he did last year and sort of what we've seen so far this year. What is Aiden Hill and what is Laurent Brossois? And are they good enough to where Cassidy says, okay, the 60-40 split's good well, enough? I think if he's as good as we've seen, that they come off script and he's more than 60%. I think so, too, because Brossois, like these two guys have actually played a lot more in the NHL than Thompson has. Right. Brossois, 905 save percentage, negative 16 goal saved above average in his career. Aiden Hill's 908 and minus 2.3. Like they're not, neither one of these guys should be good enough goalies that if Logan Thompson is a top 15 goalie that you're splitting at 64. Right. It probably yeah, should be more than 64. It's not always about this, uh, the time allocation though, because they're not looking to ride the hot hand. They're not in the urgent part of the season where they're trying to make playoffs or they're in playoffs in general. Like you have to give these guys mental break, especially with how inexperienced Logan Thompson is. And you have to work these other guys in. So they're not getting so stagnant that if they are called upon, especially an emergency basis, that they're working through a lot of locked up lactic acid and just all of the little timing things that go into goaltending that you need to keep fresh as you play in actual game time. Yeah, and and it shouldn't be Ed's. Ed's very he loves the lactic acid. I love the lactic yeah. acid. You, you, so lactic acid I can bring I to the table, the but the momentum acid. I cannot. That has to stay. Oh, behind. look at this Science. nut job! By the way, this nut <laughs> job last night. There was some part of the game that something happened. I don't know. I was writing, and I look up, and they almost score a goal, and then they don't. And I feel this like. Shove on my shoulder. She ran down the you. aisle. She ran down the aisle, grabbed the shoulder. She goes, "That's momentum." Like, what are <laughs> to you be fair, about? I thought they scored based on the groans that everybody had, and then I realized that they hadn't scored on Logan Thompson. I should have known better, but. Keegan Colasar. So wait, wait, wait. So momentum was immediately proven wrong. No, because there was a wide open look at one end. It was a wide open look. Either Nick Wah or Keegan Colasar. It was Colasar. And I'm like, that's how he needs to execute on those to get to the 15 goals. Like, that's the difference between him last year and him this year. Anyways. He missed he's not. The, he's not hitting the net. Don't worry. It's not going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And so he misses the net, which yes. is awful. And then it goes right back down to the other end, and they get a couple of high quality chances. That's where I'm like. You have to at least hit the net. If you're not going to score the goal, you got to hit the net because then it starts a breakout or you just demoralize your team with the fact that you're like, wide open look and you sailed it. Be better. Yeah, it was 
It was very strange. So there was there was a, a, a slight shift in the winds of the game there. She I'm sorry, like I got a little excited. Four one forty. I know you came up there. to me pregame and you asked for my phone number. I'm like, this is the greatest like day of all time. I now I, to have I, the number. I maybe Ed Grady will butt dial me at, at one in the morning, <laughs> like thirty, and you know, like hey, hey now, hey now, this is what <laughs> dreams are made of. <laughs> Hillary Duff. Hopefully, Ed will remember who you are though when he <laughs> oh, calls. I only one Lindsay in the phone. Yes. All right. Coming up next, we'll get into some college football as UNLV takes on Air Force tomorrow. Now Cooks lined up in the backfield. And it's a read option. Big hole for Cordero. 35-40, 45-50, tripped up by the turf monster. And down he goes by the 46-yard line. Elijah Shelton was near him. But that's a big run for Cordero. It's the Press Box with Brady and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. UNLV plays Air Force tomorrow. You can hear that on ESPN Las Vegas right here. Um, first off, let's start here, Ed. Do we have any reason to believe Doug Brumfield's going to play? I don't think so because he's not on the depth chart, although Marcus Arroyo was very coy and not talking about his quarterbacks this week. I wouldn't be stunned if he was like, I'm no. not putting him on the depth chart, but he's starting yes. on Saturday. That he runs out in the field? That right. would be an Arroyo move. Would yes. be would be yes. funny. But I am yes. I'm going under the assumption that Doug Brumfield is not playing on Saturday. And if he does run out there, then that's a pleasant surprise for UNLV. But I'm assuming he's not. Does, so does he get does he get a separate entrance? Like everybody else runs out and then it's just like that would really be everyone sitting on the sideline. Then suddenly Doug Brownfield runs out with his helmet in his hand and no, no helmet earbuds in and everybody has to be quiet because he has a concussion and He's taking the protocol all yeah. the way up to game time. Yeah. Shouldn't probably shouldn't be on the field. Uh, so <laughs> exactly in the big picture for UNLV, they are currently four and two. How important is this game? I mean, <laughs> We keep saying that it doesn't matter. Well, it, it matters, but they we keep going to poor Nevada and Hawaii as just two automatic wins are going to bowl eligible. You know, I, it's important if, if you think you can still compete in the West. I'm I'm I, I don't know if I should say shocked because I don't think the I don't think the books think Brumfield's playing either. But Air Force has been really bad on the road. Yeah, they're zero two on the road. Yeah, and they're ten point favorites. Yeah, like and I, it's got to be Brumfield because if, if Brumfield's playing. Yes. It, Assuming Brumfield's out, Air Force should be favored and should be favored, I think, rather significantly because Brumfield is a massive difference for UNLV. He's, again, we talked about it earlier this week. You're going from maybe the best quarterback in the Mountain West to Cameron Friel at best is an average quarterback in this conference, right? That That's at best. He's probably worse than that. So you're going from best quarterback in the conference to probably below average quarterback play the most important position and you're playing it's not like you're playing uh, a Nevada team or Hawaii team that's just awful you're playing a pretty good opponent in Air Force so I think that's a fair point spread on this game and sort of the UNLV season you can go into this game looking at it as though it does not matter because UNLV already has four wins and if they get to six they're bowl eligible and that's yeah. sort of always the goal for UNLV football team as it should be and this game can you can look at it and say it's pretty much irrelevant right air force you lose this game you're still four and three all you got to do is win two games to end the year and you are more than two winnable games 
on the schedule with San Diego State, Nevada, Hawaii, and maybe even Fresno State, depending on yeah, what their the quarterback. quarterback situation is. And and if Brumfield's back, and even if Brumfield and Hayner are back, you know they can, can win, win that, that game. game. Yeah. So there are two almost guaranteed wins, and then two more potential winnable games on the schedule after this one, and you just have to win two of those four. But if your expectations, and obviously these would be adjusted in season, but if you think that UNLV can play for the Mountain West Championship, then this is a huge game. Th- this is massive right. because they are 2-1 and one in conference play. Right. San Jose State's undefeated, and because they lost to San Jose State, any tiebreaker, tiebreaker. they finished with the same, amount of, or same record, would go to San Jose State. So if you lose this game, then all of a sudden you've got two losses. If San Jose State's still on zero, San Jose State now has to lose three times for you to make the conference championship. At least game. not that good for that to happen. Right. So if you UNLV losing this game almost eliminates them, right? In from the West. Right. From winning the uh, division and going right. and playing for the conference championship. So it just depends on what you sort of expect from this team. And I and listen, I don't blame anybody for thinking about UNLV and the Mountain West championship game because if Doug Brumfield is back for this game and Doug Brumfield is 100% or whatever, they absolutely can beat Air Force. They sure. absolutely can be a 7 and 1 Mountain yeah. West team, right? They can beat San Diego State, they can beat Fresno State, and they obviously can beat Hawaii and Nevada. So, I it just depends on what your expectations are because if you're just thinking about a bowl game, this game is just it's just it's basically a free game for you. It's a free shot to get a fifth win. Whereas if you lose the game, you still have a tremendous shot to go to a bowl game. And if you win it, hey, you got to five and you're one game away. How's my Notre Dame prediction going? I don't know what your What was your prediction? That they like they beat the crap out of Notre Dame. Well, uh, like they, they don't th- play. They haven't played them. So how? No, no. How I, I tell I, you how I'm asking going? you. I'm asking you. How are you feel? Like, do you think that they have? They're going to lose sh- to Notre Dame by like thirty. Okay, I had them winning by like thirty. <laughs> so with Doug Brumfield. Well, yeah. He'll All be right. back. All right. He so, had a mild concussion. Yeah. <laughs> this no. time they're gonna they're gonna lose by thirty to Notre Dame. If Doug Brumfield's not out there losing by 30, if Doug Brumfield's out there, they're going to lose by 18. If he's in. Yeah. Yeah. They're not, their thanks, defense thanks, just, Tyler. You're making me feel all warm and fuzzy. Their defense just got torched by San Jose State. Like, they couldn't tackle San Jose State. So, can yeah, they tackle you, Air Force? You, got, you get up. You and get that's up for the big opponent. That's, tackle Air Force. That's the real question for this game. Maybe that might be more important than they could tackle Cal. Yeah, might be more important than the quarterback position because yeah. Air Force is going to run the option. They could not oh. tackle, and if they can't tackle Air Force, they're gonna they're gonna lose in this. Going to be like last so, year. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that's like fascinating about the option is literally you have a designated player that you're supposed to tackle. Even, even yeah, if, y'all have even, assignments. Yes, but even if they don't have the ball, your job is to go right. tackle that yeah. person because they might have the You're ball. You're supposed to hit someone every play. Right. Did you know UNLV is 90th in expected points nope. added against the run this year? Oh, God. No, because Jesus. as you said before, and I agreed with you, especially through the first, what, the four like and two, the first four or five games, I just looked at them as so much better defensively. They have been there. And if you go on counting stats, their rush defense is, is very, very good this year, but not a lot of teams have actually run against them. 
Like they don't. They're not. Facing not a lot of a, teams have tried. Right. They're not mm. facing a whole lot of rushing attempts this year because they've been winning a lot of games. It's a good thing usually because you're winning games and they're the other team has to throw the ball. So they haven't faced a ton of rushing, but even still, like their yards per carry numbers are pretty good. Um, though I think the one big difference in co- in college football than the NFL it, for stats, anyways, is in the NFL if you get sacked. That counts against your team passing yards, but in college football, if you get sacked, that counts against your team's rushing rushing yards. yards. So UNLV's had a lot of sacks this year, which that's good pass defense, but it gets statistically counted as good rush defense because if you sack quarterback for ten yards, that's one well, carry and negative ten yards. Because Air Force, that guy wasn't going to pass anyway. <laughs> if you sack sure. him, you basically stopped a running play. Is this the? Uh... This is the same program placed on two years probation. That's right. What cheaters. do we expect from Air yeah, Force? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Arroyo needs to claim a victory no matter what. Yes. Well, I mean, we beat a bunch yeah. of cheaters. Yeah. Yeah. He needs exactly. to claim a victory no no matter what happens. He needs to claim a victory and be like, hey, whoever ran for 117 yards on that us. That guy had recruiting <laughs> violations. Right. I saw a guy out there who was 6'5. He could not fit in a jet. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Just he needs to claim this as a victory no matter what happens. Absolutely. That's what I'd be doing if I was Arroyo. I'd be like, listen, we got to play the uh, dirtiest program in the conference. They're, they recruited during dead periods of the pandemic. If we win, look at that. We took them down. If we lose, pff, yeah. put an asterisk next to that. We're, we're the real winners of this game. They get government money. We get Nevada money. <laughs> he can, uh, if, they, if they were to lose this game and finish with five wins on the year, he should say, ah, oh, we're still going to a bowl game. Yes. Stage his own yeah. bowl game. Anyone oh. who beats Air Force, anyone who loses the Air Force this year has the same argument. Yeah, yeah. Stay, and stage his own bowl game. If they're five and seven with a lost Air Force, st- plan your own one. At Gorman? Yeah, because the Raiders won't let you lose the no, they won't let no, you use The Corey no Hart, I wear my sunglasses at night. It might, be, it might be against Gorman. Oh, that'd be a nice bowl game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gorman's still, they're one they of the top win. ten teams, right? In the country? Yeah, yeah. I still... believe they're number six. Okay. Who's number one? Come on. Come on. What are you out of your mind? <laughs> Santa Ana Modern Day. Come on. I was about to say. <laughs> Coming on. up next, <laughs> Ben Brown joins the show. And I think that um, you know, for me, you know, I can handle I can handle it. I'm built for. I'm built for the I'm built for the good times and the tough times and we're gonna come on the other end of it. And what really how you get out of it and how you how as a team, how we continue to keep building and where we're going, what we're doing is focus on today. Nothing else matters. Today has got to be the best day we've had so far. And that would be, no matter what our record is, we're 5-0, which we could have a chance to be that potentially. And the reality is, is that we are where we are right now, and that's, that's here on the Thursday slash Wednesday. And uh, we got to make it special. We're back to the Press Box with Grady and Bishop. Joining us now from Pro Football Focus is Ben Brown. Good morning, Ben. Hey, How ben? are you? Hey, guys. Happy Friday. How are you doing today? Good, good. Uh, how many years are we going to let the NFL trick us into watching Thursday night football? I mean, we're, we're still signing up for it week in and week out, even after, I would say, uh, two somewhat disastrous performances. So I can safely say uh, I'm not going in here. I'm not going anywhere. So I do think this could last for, you know, <laughs> as long as we all allow it, unfortunately. Did you make any plays last night? I did. I went, uh, you know, a little bit against Green Line model. It was really painful. That I had uh, the Bears' first quarter and the Bears' first half, so I lost it on uh, the, the helmet, the helmet interception in the first quarter. They obviously didn't score there. Then 
then the fourth down stuff on in, in the second quarter as well to not get in the end zone. So it was it was kind of painful to be honest with you, but uh, I, I was there the entire way, no matter what. Just like the NFL wants us to be. So. Is is anybody going to offer a prop on just simply will there be a touchdown in the Thursday night game every week of the season? <laughs> they have to now. I know uh, people have been. Uh, I know some people hit. You know, no no touchdown scored. Uh, last Thursday, and the, it, the the odds were definitely a lot lower uh, for this matchup last night. But yeah, I think you know uh, at, at this point that might be just you know a blind bet that we all should make for our own enjoyment purposes going forward. Uh, they can't stop Josh Jacobs. I know he has a bye this week, but he's gone career highs the last two weeks. Do you keep riding him? Um, yeah, I think I think you definitely do. I know you know their their draft type situation kind of you know. Uh, trying to get some guys, uh, you know, behind him to at least contribute some, uh, you know, hasn't really worked out. But he has been, you know, looked very much like, uh, you, you know, the back that they needed when they drafted him. I do think he's one of the reasons that they have had, you know, some you know, some offensive success early on. And I do think that, you know, you, you kind of keep riding him. He's been really effective in both the run game and the pass game. Uh, so I, I, I don't see any reason to, you know, mix in some of these other guys. I do think it's going to be, you know, a, 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 a little bit of a drop off given what he, given how well he's performed to start the year. So I think, you know, ride the hot hands. Uh, he, he looks like a league winner from a fantasy perspective, in my opinion. You guys have uh, come up with a model to assign basically how much each player is worth to the spread. If Devontae Adams were suspended, what would he be worth in the Raiders next game against the Texans? Yeah, so we have him as, uh, I, I think, the third most important wide receiver right now. I think it's like 1.05, basically, points against the spread. Um, so he would definitely, uh, I would say, move the needle somewhat dramatically. Uh, you know, it, it's, it would, it's unfortunate timing because, you know, the Chiefs game that was, I would say, his most successful game in a Las Vegas Raiders uniform, it does seem like, you know, things are finally starting to connect a little bit uh, for the Raiders offensively. So I think if, you know, he's, he's out for any sort of reason from a suspension perspective, it's going to, you know, severely limit the offense production that they're going to have. So uh, I definitely think it matters, moves the needle. Probably I would say, you know, a, a full point to the spread is kind of my, you know, expectation for where we move. If that, if that does end up playing out, should he get a better tackling grade from pro football focus for that shove than say like Jonathan Abram or somebody else on the Raiders defense? I think so. I, I would agree. Unfortunately, you know, a lot of people like us to, uh, remove no play instances where there's a penalty and all sorts of things. I definitely think that that specific tackle fits into that category. But uh, I, I think it was it was uh, it was definitely a, a truck stick, I would say for sure. So um, yeah, it was. You know, <laughs> it, it's an interesting situation. Obviously, you know, it's 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 hard for you know these guys. Obviously, it's a really emotional game and everything else. Um, but yeah, it's, it's. I think you know from his perspective, it's got to be. You know, fresh and times things, you know, kind of shoved into your face, cameras, microphones, everything else after a tough loss. Obviously not the way to handle it whatsoever, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's unfortunate that it's leading to, you know, all of this fallout, I would say. Well, he covered the cameraman better than Abram did Kelsey, so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that's something to say. Uh, do you put any stock in the fact uh, someone like Martindale knows Lamar Jackson that well? And, I mean, do you even believe in the Giants? I mean, he, he was with Lamar Jackson every day for a long time. Does that matter to you when you start looking at playing things? Um, not not a ton, I would say, from like the defensive coaching perspective. I do think that, you know, uh, um, it, it, I don't think it really, you know, helps a ton with a guy like Lamar Jackson specifically who is, 
you know, so dynamic. Uh, and, and there's so many things that, you know, go into him actually being successful in so many way, different ways that he can beat you. I do think that, you know, Martin Gale may know at least the best approach to, um, you know, slow him down or at least contain him in certain situations. But he also still needs the players on the field that are capable of kind of executing that game plan. And I do think that's got to be, you know, a little bit of a concern, especially with, you know, a, a relatively young front four that the New York Giants have. They have, you know, kind of, uh, you know, started to, uh, you know, splash a little bit or show some signs of life. But I still think that, you know, they have a long way to go. They can, you know, even with the perfectly executed game plan from Martingale, uh, you know, still potentially struggle against Lamar Jackson. So it's, it's a spot that it's, you know, kind of hard to quantify. So not really something that, um, you know, we obviously take into account from a modeling perspective, but I also really don't let it, you know, influence uh, a whole lot of my decision making uh, in order to actually bet one side or the other. But so I, I think, you know, from that perspective, it, it's probably going to matter less than what people actually anticipate. Um, but to speak to the Giants specifically, you know, they've been really fortunate in a number of situations. I think the, the way in which they've won football games, I would say, is not necessarily overly sustainable. Daniel Jones hasn't really been great from a from a PFF passing perspective, they've had, you know, a, a rotating or revolving door of wide receivers to start the season. Maybe that's the reason why the passing game has struggled so much. But if you're relying on, you know, Stephon Barkley to get 150 yards, Daniel Jones to get, you know, 50 plus yards with his legs as well. I just don't think long-term, you know, that's going to be a really sustainable offense. So I would say uh, I, I'm probably, you know, not really buying into the Giants, even given their four and one, you know, record and four and one against the spread record right now. Kansas City is a home underdog with Patrick Mahomes. Is that an auto bet for you, or do you like the Bills? I'm. It's an auto bet for me. I know there's, you know, the, the revenge factor and everything else, but uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes, in my opinion, is still, you know, the best quarterback in the league, and I don't really think it's all that close. I do think that, you know, the way in which the Bills can beat them is, you know, through a full team effort. The problem is, is I think they're, you know, kind of banged up right now. I think, you know, obviously losing Micah Hyde's a big thing. Uh, to kind of slow down this Chiefs, you know, passing offense. They don't have Jordan Poyer either. Uh, you know, Tredavious White's not going to be back in the fold. So I think their secondary is, you know, kind of showing some weak link points. And I do think that, you know, Patrick Mahomes is the best player in the NFL at kind of taking advantage of that situation. The one spot where the Bills have been successful is, you know, along that front four. But uh, the Kansas City Chiefs have shown, you know, I would say quite a bit of ability, you know, to start the season and not only, you know, keeping – um, keeping you know Patrick Mahomes clean, uh, but also kind of allowing him to make plays, you know, when when the pocket actually does break down. So I think that's going to continue on. I think if the if the Bills aren't you know capable of kind of generating a lot of those pressure situations, it's going to be a really long day for that defense. And I don't know if they have quite enough offensively to keep pace with the Kansas City Chiefs right now. So I'm taking Chiefs plus the points with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, it's definitely a blind bet for me on Sunday. Are you a believer in Skylar Thompson? <laughs> I am. I am not a believer. I'm not a big believer in Skylar Thompson. I definitely would, you know, uh, feel much more confident uh, buying into like a Teddy Bridgewater team, you know, for the Miami Dolphins. So, uh, you know, none of that sounds like it's going to happen. So, yeah, I think you know, uh, my Minnesota Vikings are looking like you know they could get to uh, another five and one record here, and you know, potentially be very much in the driver's seat. I would say to win that NFC North. Wow, way too much optimism, Ben. Way too, way much, too optimism. much optimism. <laughs> All right, uh, before we let you go, uh, you can do this answer in one word. Who would you rather have for the rest of the season, Geno Smith or Russell Wilson? Geno. Ah, great answer. He's Ben Brown from I... Pro Football Focus. Ben, as always, we appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, guys. Have a great show.
That's uh, two this week. We asked Charles McDonald that question. Two for two, right? Yeah, both have taken Gino over Russell Wilson, which is genuinely funny. Very much enjoy all of that. All right. We have $600 that we are trying to give away. Dollar Loan Center's Friday Football Frenzy is here. Uh, You can call in now, and you're going to have a shot at $600. We're going to give you three NFL games, and if you can pick the winners of all three games... You win $600. Nobody has done this yet, so it keeps rolling over. So we're going to take caller number five right now at 702-364-1100. If you're caller number five, you're going to have a shot at 600 bucks. That's 702-364-1100. I have a very good relationship with Tomlin. Uh, we don't look at what color we are when we coach against each other. We just know each other. I have a lot of very good white friends that coach in this league as well, and I don't think it's a big deal. As far as us being coaching against each other, I think it's normal. Wilkes got an opportunity to do a good job. Hopefully he does it. And we coach ball. We don't look at color. When you say you see you guys and look like them and grow up like them, means that we're eyeballs to begin with. And I think the minute you guys start, stop making a big deal about it, everybody else feels well. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas Studios, this is The Press Box with Graney and Bischoff. It is Friday Football Frenzy, and we have $600 on the line, sponsored by Dollar Loan Center, offering signature loans up to $5,000. Stop by one of their 34 locations in Las Vegas and Henderson. We've got Jerry, and again, $600. Jerry's just got to pick the winners. No point spreads involved, just the winners of three NFL games that we give him. All right, Jerry, your first game is Buccaneers at Steelers. Uh, I got to go against my Steelers. All right. Oh, man. Gave you you your own team to pick against. All right. Second game, Bills at Chiefs. Uh, Let's do the Bills. All right. right. And the final game for you, Bengals at Saints. We'll go with the home team in the Saints. All right. right. So if the Buccaneers, Bills, and Saints all win, you will get $600 thanks to Dollar Loan Center. If not, all of that will roll over, and we'll have $700 to give away next week. Jerry, good luck. All right, thank you. All right, so Bucks, Bills, and Saints are Jerry's picks. We have not had a winner yet this season. Uh, if Jerry wins, we'll go back to 100 bucks. start over next week. If not, somebody will have a shot at $700. So good luck to Jerry. We'll see if this... Um, can actually get done for once. Uh, we, we're we're struggling this year. We are really struggling this year to give away some money. I the lo, the highest claim I got back in the day was nine hundred. Yeah, which is we're nice. getting there. Yeah, it's a nice we're a couple haul. weeks away it's from nice getting haul. to nine hundred. Parity at a different level to start this season, right? Yeah, eh, it happens. Plus the, the Raiders. People are bad at picking games. That's true. All right. Um, Tyreek Hill and the Miami Dolphins have apparently ping pong table drama. Earlier in the week, we had a report that Tyreek Hill and the Dolphins captains removed the ping pong table from the Dolphins locker room. And Mike McDaniel even gave a quote saying that that is leadership. (laughs) That's self-importance. That's uh, arrogance in a way. I wish they put it in here. But then Tyreek Hill talked to the media. Imagine the battles. That would be awesome. But then Tyree Kill talked to the media and said, oh, no, I just replaced it with one with the Dolphins logo on it. <laughs> That's leadership right there. That's leadership. Not removing it. I'm not just going to get you a new one. I'm going to get you a yeah. tricked out Bringing one. In a bigger one and a nicer one. Do you think he went to Costco? 
Do you think he went like, hey, uh, do you guys got a uh, ping pong table with, with the, the Dolphins, Dolphins logo? logo? He like just ordered it online. Company. Yeah, he just ordered it online. He just Googled Dolphins ping pong table. And then he got, yeah, and then when he got the the uh, the confirmation of shipping, he was like, yeah, get that one out of right. here. Yeah, and Mike, Mc, I, the, the question to me is, why did Mike McDaniel think that that was some sign of leadership? Why did Mike McDaniel be like, oh, they took out the ping pong tables. Good job, Distractions. Hold on. He didn't want distractions. My question is, why did the media think that, like, oh, okay, the team is focusing up. The captains got rid of the ping pong Because the head coach said it. Isn't it weird that we, for some reason, don't trust fully grown adult people to do their job and focus? Yeah. Is it weird yes. that we question yeah. that all yeah, the time? No, no, yeah. You got to be playing your sport. I just like, you got to be football coach. Right. I just don't understand. Like we we put these these people on pedestals, and that means a lot of different things. But I just I've never been able to totally understand that because it's not like they walk around and make sure they're checking your screen time at work for us. You know. Yeah, yeah but we're not. <laughs> oh, athletes. not. No, no, we're not athletes. I know, but it just seems no. like it just seems like you a dumb thing to focus on. on your sport every second of the day. <laughs> Otherwise, you're a failure. Yes. Yeah. That's a football coach mentality right there. Yep. I mean, failure. You I should, just, it seems very antithetical to the McDaniel brain trust. It is. You, you think should, you'd like ping pong. Yeah, exactly. I'd be like, you want to have a, 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 di- a disruption of the flow to let the creativity come you, out. You should get divorced because you love your sport so much. Yeah, well, that's a choice. That's no, a different choice. Not as good. <laughs> no, you can see the, the witchery is leaving him for yeah, sure. The divorce is ruining oh, him. Oh, yeah. There was some he deal needed, made. He needed her. Yeah, there was some deal made that l- allowed him to keep playing well into his forties. And well, here's he's the thing: ruin it. when you have a significant other who's willing to stay at home and take care of everything for you, it frees you up to be really good at all the things that you don't have to do at home. And then when that's so taken now back, he's, he's worried about he's he's now, he actually yeah like he's like he's worried about laundry. Yeah, lunch? he's like who, who who's like doing literally. The I, I bet you, I'm like if they have like a live-in childcare professional, or if they, I'm, I bet you, he's like, when are they coming over? Like literally, I need help. I bet I bet you, he's like that all I, the time. I don't have any bread bread with no crust. All of is mine that, is gluten free. Where's the water? Because like kids go in different phases. Like you, he, I'm sure he has a great relationship with his kids. But as you get you older and you read, sure well, I mean, when you're Tyler younger, when they're when they're that. hey, there's a, the there's a whole industry accessorizing children well, now on on social media and stuff. People just have kids to make the Instagrams and make all this money off of them. And I'm not saying that's the case, but you can kind of carry them around for a while. They kind of are before they become a fully actualized human being, and then when they actually have to have their own interests. They have to go to hockey practice. They have to go to student teacher conferences. You're like. Oh wait, they're not just going to say yes to everything that I want to do and think I'm their hero the whole time. Okay, so I, I I I just want to Tyler. He kisses his kids on the lips. How many people in he your only life has to see them for an hour a day? Okay, no, but how many people in your life do you kiss on the lips? One exactly. Yeah, but we're not here to judge how other people. Loves that's their fine. kids like that. That's that fine. That I doesn't just... mean he loves them more. He just means he only gets to <laughs> he see him. He loves them. He just he only gets to see him for an hour a day. Yeah, he's got he's got a full specter of priorities right now, and he hasn't had to handle that ever. Isn't he still at practice on Wednesdays? No, he got no, he, he, he went. The, he went this he week went. on a Wednesday. Oh, he yeah. did. Yeah, that's, he went this. Week I don't even want the day off. That's at least what twice in now. Yeah, exactly. Cool. That's twice now where he's and they allowed him to miss Wednesday. Well, you know, gave him Wednesdays off, and he still showed up. Well, he doesn't have not play good football. That's no, why he's got to fully dedicate himself. Things aren't going well at work, Wednesdays so this is where the effort night. has to go. Now he's like, oh, oh, my house is empty. 
uh, listen, I have been right this entire time. He does not like his kids. Ugh. But he, he does not like the responsibility that the kids. He likes what he likes is. the hero worship of kids because kids but automatically think their dads are great. Love his wife because obviously he plays better when he's been, when he has his wife. Right. Doesn't like his kids. Every week we talk about something Lindsay, that just yeah. further this confirms. Is just, this is his take on children. Yeah, I know. This and, is my and, take on Tom Brady. Other people can love their kids. This is my take on people. This is my take on the guy. There's a difference between loving your kids and caring about your kids. You can love your kids. Yeah, I can love both of them. But Tom Brady does not. Right. I'm not saying every parent doesn't like their kids. I'm telling you that the man who retired for a whole month and then said, not doing with this, not dealing with this, he doesn't like his kids. He doesn't like his kids stealing the prioritization spotlight. That's what he doesn't like. Are they getting the spotlight? Yeah, because they're they're the kids. That's how it's supposed to work. They're supposed oh, to. Oh, you mean like at home getting? Yes, the spotlight. exactly. They're yeah, supposed yeah. to get all the attention. Whatever. This is how it works. That's why he goes to work. Exactly. Because he doesn't want to give them attention. That's why he keeps going back to work on Wednesdays. That's why most well, men, men do houses. most of the housework outside because it gets them out of the house and away from the kids. Now hold on, hold on. There's it's a not study true for everybody. There's no housework outside <laughs> in this city, though. Uh, well, I gotta really? go water. My for the- favorite part about living here is I don't have to cut grass. You gotta it's go amazing. play the a lot machines. Of cutting trees. I, I, I heard there's a lot of cutting trees and leaves and stuff.